Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. So, Zealand, tell us a bit about your background. Background originally was uh, tech in the 90s. Um, I founded a company called Nebula Technologies, and we were a web builder. And later on, we went on to do... um, uh, Wildwave, which became one of the first kind of content streaming digital rights companies in Ireland, one of the first YouTube partners around sort of early 2000s. Um, in the 2000s as well, I founded Bitbus, which was a Wi-Fi company, which uh, became probably one of the largest, Ireland's largest independent Wi-Fi companies. So that's my tech heritage. So around mid-2000s, we got more involved with internet streaming, content online, mobile phones. We did things like... Uh, the Dark Light, uh, the Wide Light Film Channel with the Dark Light Film Festival, which is one of the first mobile um, film channels with Vodafone back, I think, in 2005 sort of area. We got into rights licensing with an early Satanta.com. So that kind of merged my tech world with content and, and uh, filming and so on. So then we founded Straywave Media, yeah. um, which looked at television and creating content. And that Straywave went on to make... Uh, all aspects of shows for TV3, RTE internationally. So we've in, in Ireland we did stuff like Fade Street, Celebrity Salon, Love Clinic, Brian and Pippa Got Married, Young Dumb Living Off Mum, lots of good in fun, factual entertainment, reality type shows. Um, that's still going, so making lots of shows there. Um, we also worked on various comedies, online channels such as Irish Music Television was one of Ireland's first YouTube channels. Style Nation was a YouTube channel. Uh, Style Nation's first presenter was uh, Angela Scanlon, who yeah. is now doing very well in the UK, running Robot Wars. Yeah. So we were very early in the YouTube space and making a lot of te- television. So last year, about two years ago, we came to the realization that um, Ireland needed a boost in its television sector. We export very little television, and our ability in writing, in film, in music, in culture is usually very good. But in television, we, there's very few Irish shows that go globally and have an impact. And that is just more to do with the small nation and the culture of there's only really one customer in Ireland. Uh, RT is the main customer, and then there's TV3 as well. Yeah. But we don't have a huge amount of investment for a small nation to put into television. So we got thinking about how can we stimulate the sector. And I was very impressed with what Web Summit had done for the tech sector. And being a kind of half a tech person and half a content person, I kind of understood what Web Summit did and I liked that. So I, I met uh, via, via Marco Tool and Beach Hut I met um, Leslie O'Connor, who had worked in Web Summit for four years and she just left. And we got talking about kind of an idea like a web summit for entertainment or this great sort of meeting of great talent and minds in Dublin that will be about the entertainment industry. And I believe fundamentally that Irish people are great at storytelling and great at making television. And if we just got the right form of investment and the right form of critical mass, we could be a powerhouse of global television. And that's a kind of ambition, but I think, I think we could be. Yeah. So we said, why don't we start with the idea of a conference and a summit related to and television at its core, but entertainment at the broader sense. So last year, for the first year, we, we did MediaCon 1, which, which was in Manchester House in Dublin, and we got 
a great selection of people from around the world come and talk about all aspects of television from drama to factual to online to social TV to streaming and it was a great success so now we're moving to year two and we've doubled the conference in size now it's two days it is at Dublin Castle in centre of Dublin which we hope to stay for a number of years and make that our base and build a kind of a festival feel really so it's really a case of taking creativity and content at the core and saying how can we learn how to become a great industry of making content so step one is to bring some great brains from around the world and put them here to listen to and then put them here to meet traditionally when you're in television you have to go to Cannes to MIPCOM or MIPTV or you have to go to Edinburgh or you have to go to Real Screen in America or NAPI in America or Banff in Canada there was very little in Ireland where you could do this sort of stuff so we said let's build a conference that brings the world to Dublin so this year it's September 13th and 14th Dublin Castle we have over 15 countries represented in terms of who's coming both delegates and speakers so we have um, great companies on the list NBC ITV Studios BBC uh, Amazon Studios um, a great range of global broadcasters NRK from Norway, Dior from Denmark, Arte from France, um, big UK representation, all coming to talk about diverse stuff from online live streaming, with people like the Lad Bible on Facebook coming. We have the Jinx from HBO who did the Jinx show talking about the new wave and crime drama. Yeah. One I'm really excited about is a guy called Ingolf Gabold, and Ingolf is was former head of Danish drama. TV, and he, they call him the godfather of modern Danish television, and he brought, he brought into being shows like The Killing, The Bridge, Borgen, and many more. Yeah. He, he took a small nation with similar size of ours, similar heritage to us, and he built into a global drama powerhouse from nowhere. So he's going to come and tell that story and how he did it, and I think we can listen to that and learn from people like him. I think Ireland is welcome to like not like Denmark, and their language their language is mainly Danish, and we we can export uh, that kind of product, but with English language we can do it as well as they can. Absolutely, it's better, but also we have a, a fantastic um, history in literature from all the great writers we know. We've great we've a great history in music and culture. Um, also, film we do really well for for the film board. Small budget we do really well in film. Television we underperform. The ambition of MediaCon will be in in two to three years time. We want to see some global shows that you can watch on Netflix or BBC or NBC or Sky Atlantic, and you go, you know what, that came from Ireland. Yeah. Not was it filmed here. Not was it section four at one. Not was it in a studio. It was created here. Now, ultimately, the money would probably have to come from around the globe. Yeah. But you can't tell me that Irish writers can't write. You can't tell me that. It's about stimulation and it's about confidence and about money. So take The Vikings, for example. The Vikings is a very successful show. Film produced, put together in Wicklow. Yeah. However, it's not written by any Irish people. So we had Morgan O'Sullivan uh, from that show at a conference last year and he talked about this and he said the pressure from the US network was to have American writers, understandably, but they were providing the money so they can do what they want. If we can get confident with money, we can say, could Irish person write some lines of dialogue for the Vikings? Yes, they could. So the question is, could we create a new Vikings? Could we create a new Game of Thrones? Could we create a new House of Cards out of Ireland? 
and I have to answer the question is yes. Now it'll take a number of years, but that's what we want. We want to work with RTE, we want to work with the film board, we want to work with BAI, TV3, Virgin Media, all the great companies here. <coughs> Look at all the tech companies here. Look at Google, Facebook, Apple. Guess where they're going, lads? They're going into television. They are going into television, and they're going to be in there in original content. If Amazon does it, Google's going to do it. Yeah. But we, so we have a great relationship with those here in, in Ireland. So we should become a creative hub of investment in future writing. Could there be a Silicon Hollywood here? I think so. Yeah. So ambitious, yes. If you look at Facebook's, but a Facebook, if you look at Netflix's budget, Netflix has six billion a year to spend on content. Four years ago, that budget didn't exist. That's new money. If you start adding up the new players only, the likes of Hulu, Yahoo, AOL, um, all the new platforms, and you say, look, Amazon, Facebook, Amazon, then you get into Facebook, Google, you're looking at $1 trillion in content over the next 10 years. And we have to be able to get a piece of that. So that, that's the, uh, the bigger ambition of the conference is about stimulating that. The smaller ambition is just to provide two days of great minds that you can come and you can listen to, you can meet, and we do a whole range of meetings and marketplaces where if you have an idea, you have something to sell it from a technology to a show, you can meet Discovery, NBC, RTE, and sell them. Well, look at shows like Love, Hate, and also Red Rock. They've been sold as the bottom of and they're rolling the shows as well. So sure, it can be done. Absolutely, and the two, those two shows are doing, doing well. I wouldn't say they have global impact yet, but it shows as a start, and there's no, there's no one show, there should be many shows. Yeah. So, so Red Rock and uh, Love Hate were a great start. I think we have to keep going for that, and we have to say, how can we get a Breaking Bad? How can we get a Narcos? How can we get something that the world talks about? Yeah. And I think that's the next curve, is, is to work with people like RTE in a co-production way, where they have great ideas, but sometimes they might not have the budget to make a really big global show. But what if they stimulated the beginning part of that, and they acted like an R&D team? And then you can bring in money from all different aspects of the world. It's about us being taken seriously as a place of television shows, which right now, we're not really. Um, if you were presented with a Danish show, a new Danish drama, you'd watch it out of the brand. you go, well, I love The Killing, I love The Bridge, I'll watch whatever you have. Yeah. If you talk to people around the world and say, would you watch the next Irish show? They'd probably say no. We have to change that branding. We have to associate great television to come out of this small nation. Yeah, because one thing I say, like Game of Thrones, is to say it's filmed here, but it's not Irish. Again, it's, it's filmed with American money. Now, we see, like you said, if we can get guys to come in and do co-production, but basically Irish writers are involved in a large Irish cast that could do wonders for the economy here. Well, it shows you that we can produce them. We can, we can put them together. We can cast them. We can get the talent. We can make Game of Thrones be world's, one of the world's biggest shows. Yeah. Shot on the island of Ireland. And it shows you the talent is here, I and mean, you can bring in the talent. Yeah. So what we're missing really is just the financing. And it, to me, it's a little bit like the Irish tech industry was in the 90s. It was very hard to raise uh, VC into the 90s, very difficult in the 90s, more difficult in the early 2000s, but then it got better. And now we've got a reasonably sophisticated investment scene in Ireland where you can have companies like Intercom grow up yeah. and some great, great names out there coming up. And it's very vibrant, it's a, it's a very diverse, very creative industry. I want our content industry to be invested in like our tech industry and to be very vibrant and very diverse. And I want people to get in a plane from Paris and Budapest and Norway and want to come to Ireland and make their ideas happen. 
that's going to take a lot of work. I think creativity should be a pillar of our economy. So if we committed to creativity and said, that's one of our core pillars, is we're a creative nation. Let's invest in creativity like innovation. Let's say content is one aspect of that, but there's all lots of aspects. And take creativity from the ghetto of the art business and say, it's not arts council, it's not just people making sculptures, it's actually about the core of our economy should be creative. The same way as Silicon Valley, the same way as Hollywood. Creativity is a core. So I think if we said that's one of our absolute core pillars going forward as a nation is to really invest in our absolute creativity and use content and culture as one of those tools, that'd be a great thing. There go a thousand years we've had great writers like the Book of Kell, we've had people like James Joyce and so forth, and music-wise you've got some of the Clancy's you did well in America, then you two and Phil and Tunisia, all these bands have come together and musicians and writers. And they've kept Ireland as, as saying, this is a country which is great at, at, at the arts. And I think with movie making and TV, why are we doing that as well? But if you look at the Irish people who go abroad, or the diaspora, yeah. we are uniquely talented. One of the greatest storytellers of all time is Walt Disney, yeah. and the family hails, hails from, from Ireland, yeah. from Kenmare. They went away in a boat one day, and Walt Disney happened. Yeah. Um, if you look through American television, from, from Johnny Carson, to Conan O'Brien, to George Clooney, and on and on and on, all connected to people who left Ireland. Yeah. If you look at the English business, from, from Terry Wogan to the, to the chairman, chairwoman of BAFTA, Anne Morrison, the head of TV3, Damien Kavanagh, the head of MTV, Dave Lynn, all Irish people, yeah. Graeme Norton, Dermot O'Leary, goes on and on and on, even um, Deck from Ant and Deck, Irish. If you even look at the Beatles, two of them, Hail from Ireland, the yeah. Pogues, Johnny Rotten. Well, Beatles, they free them from Ireland. What? Free them. Free them? Yeah, Lennon's got a. Uh, Lennon and McCartney. And also Harrison. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. Harrison's. Uh, he was here when he was touring Beatles in the 60s. He was here one day walking down with his mother on a, on a concert to meet his relatives. Wow, amazing. I him as a kid here with his mother. He used to go pick his as a kid to see his relatives, his cousins. Wow. So there's three of them that about that. There you go. So this, it's like, we have an amazing creativity of yeah. nation, and when we go away, we, we do great. So I think it's a bit more investing in that here. But invest it. It doesn't have to be just supporting the arts. It should be about support creativity for for economy reasons. And I think if you are a good storyteller, what is a, selling a startup to the world? Only telling a story about yeah. your technology. What is the creativity of building an app or a web service? It's about creativity. It's about storytelling. So I think an absolute core of the economy. And say, say we take five years as an ambitious plan. Five years, could we have four or five great TV shows and dramas and formats that come out of Ireland that go around the globe? I think so. Yeah. But when, uh, I look at something like Intercom, and they've been going for five years now. We started off right now, they got one of the best blogs you can ever read, and all it is is tell a story. Absolutely. And, they, and that's what we used to know. They got a guy called John Collins, actually, John Jones comes in, creates it. And he's all about telling stories. So every time he's there, he says, everyone look in the company, you, you got a problem uh, last week, what was it? That's a story. Some of our clients want to read the story and say, oh, oh how do you solve the problem? So we tell a story. And they might become a client, but they'll think about, about, about it. And if, if our blog is well read, there's more chance of us getting more clients to it. Yeah, and I believe nearly as important as your technology these days in your new innovative startup is 
your content marketing, how you tell your story to the world via your content. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And this is where the two industries work together. If we can, if we can really, really enable the content tellers to engage with our startups, we will have 20 intercoms, and that's what we want. We yeah. want people who can go out there and be great in their technology and not sell a 10 million to someone. Like become the mythical unicorn, but get bigger and stay here. Yeah. But, but create their marketing to the world through a great history of storytelling. And then people like Enterprise Ireland want jobs. So it's like, if we can get every startup hiring content creators, that creates jobs. Yeah. Good. I look at it right now, example, but you have people like Twitter and Facebook are in Ireland. Now, my news, why can't we use that, these people here and help them to create the, uh, create content for like people who do movie shows? We use, we use them as part of it. Absolutely. They're like the, the, head of, the head of Twitter in Ireland now is Mark Little, yeah. an ex RT guy who then set up Storyful yeah. with Story in the name. Great storyteller himself. And you would, you would love if Mark would take Twitter and, and connect more with sort of creative and Storytellers in Ireland, I'm sure he's working on that, but it just shows you that we can do it. Well, I think for me and Gladys, because he's an externist and he, just, well, he knows what Twitter needs to, to get going again. So there's more chat of him having to say, tell the guys in, in America, guys, Jack, whatever, this is what we need to do to get this going. And uh, as an ex journal, I, mean, I know they will respect him more so for that. So, do you think Mark is, could be an ex CEO of Twitter globally? He could be. There you well, go. I think he's got the. What else, why not? You heard it here first. Yeah. See, think, yeah. For me, basically, he's a bit like Billy Walsh Ryan uh, over at so at AAT. Billy Walsh started off working from the ground up, and as a pilot, he knew everything with the business. And same with uh, when you go, when you look at someone like, like um, Mark Little. So not a journalist, but he knows the whole area very well. The best guys in the business are the guys who know how, how it fully works. I mean, it's a brand new. You know, what it does. If you don't know what it does, you shouldn't be CEO. You shouldn't be like most guys are being counters so hard because they don't create profits. But they don't know how it works. And they, they're relying on their left hand man, right hand man, to actually tell them how it's working. But surely a guy should know enough to know basically what works and doesn't work. So if he can get someone to come in and say, Look, Mark, you did a great job as a journalist. We think you're the guy who can help us because it's a journalist tool mainly nowadays. How do we make sure that, it, that it's been used properly and what do we do to make it better innovate? How do we innovate? Oh, no, I totally agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's the guy you can tell them what to do. Like, I think the moment. At the moment, I think the moment they've got the characters, maybe you should have it so that when you add an ad symbol or add in a URL link, those don't count as characters. So you can add more of that kind of stuff you can do. So the character limit is still there, but it doesn't include basically who you're tweeting to or any links you have. I think Twitter is an interesting one. It's got, a, it's got two directions now. It either has to really, really innovate and consolidate its position and move on and become something a little bit different and better, or it's going to be bought by one of the big three. Yeah. And then if it's Microsoft, they'll do the usual and destroy it. If it's um, Google, they haven't done great in social. No. So that's interesting. Facebook is probably the one who do best with the acquisitions, but I think that it'll be a cultural problem with them going to Facebook. So I think something like Verizon yeah. might be in the market. They're very acquisitive buying Yahoo. I think we're going to see 12 months, 14 months, we're going to see either uh, a reboot within Twitter in terms of it becoming a bigger, better, wider company and succeed, or it's going to be acquired. Well, I hope because I, I think right now it's a great product. I love using it. Like Facebook to me is great, but Twitter is where I actually get my stories, share my stories. Whereas with, with Facebook, it's hard to share than it is with Twitter. 
Yeah. What do you think about um, new Snapchat-like Instagram service? I haven't used it much yet. I mean, Snapchat appears now and again, and I think it's great what it does. I think that would bought it at some stage, and we bought it in the end. It's all that. My, my, near, my initial reaction to Instagram's new service is it looks like a real Snapchat killer. Yeah. It's getting huge usage. People seem to like it. All the people I see on Snapchat are moving over. I think Snapchat could be under pressure. That's because Facebook wanted to buy last year and then the guy turned them down. He was speaking to them down. So in the end, Facebook goes, well, how do we actually communicate? We're going to play our own little thing with Instagram. Yeah. Um, what do you say? And remember, actually, another point this year at Mediacom, we're going to do a lot on virtual reality and we're going to look at the storytelling aspects of VR, where it's going to become, will it become a thing? And obviously one of the sleeping giants there is Facebook's acquisition of Oculus, yeah. which people seem to forget about, but that's still got a lot of way to come and, and I think it's going to be really powerful when it fully reveals. And also AR as well. I think AR is going to have a big future as well. Absolutely. So we have Google's Magic Leap. Yeah. Um, not, not Google, sorry, they're just Magic Leap, but Google invested a, was $500 million, yeah. a huge amount of money. They haven't even launched yet. So I believe from people who've seen it, Magic Leap's retina projection technology is unbelievable. It makes you believe something is in the room with you. Because the moment, say, like uh, Ingress and also Pokemon Go, that's partly built by, owned by, by Google as well, so technology is there. I think they sold out of Niantech, did they? No, they still got, they still got a piece. You have, to, you have to log in with your Google account as well. So right, because they were owned, but they might have sold a piece. And but, I think Nintendo owned a third of it as well. Yes. Uh, and obviously Pokemon Go have shown that AR is going to be a huge thing. Yeah. Um, we're hoping, we haven't, we haven't finalised yet, but we're hoping um, to announce some AR speakers. Maybe Microsoft might come and talk yeah. about their holodeck and so on. Yeah, the holodeck, I've seen it, it's brilliant. Yes. I saw it two years ago, they had a thing where you can have your virtual dressing room. They're showing that off. Yeah. Uh, with an Xbox, they said, this is brilliant. No, it's this prototype. Mm-hmm. But when this kicks in, it's going to be rubbish test what's happening. So our view is, Technology is an enabler. It's not a slave. So we don't. We like VR. We like AR. As long as it makes you tell the story better. And great artists will find ways of. Ultimately, the story is about an emotion. So if you're making Mr. Robot, yeah, and that show is connected, and your VR scene makes you more connected to the world, that's a good thing. If it's tokenism and it's just VR or AR for the sake of it, it's no good. If it's you can now tell a new story. When, when, when sound came in to, vi- to film, we could now tell a new story. Yeah. When color came in, we could tell a new story. Don't think when HD came in, it made much of a difference. Just yeah. got better, but I don't think we told a new story. I think with VR and AR, we now be able to tell a new story, and that's exciting. Imagine if, if, you're, if you're actually doing a, new, a, a live at a, at, a, at a war zone, and you can have the air and you see what's going on around you. Yeah. As a person watching that. I mean, I saw years ago there was a show early 90s on, uh, I think it was by David Lynch. It was a show uh, that involved uh, basically TV can project the news hologram into your room. So if you could do that, like, I'm, I'm here in Syria at a war zone, you can see the bombs come by and you can see it all around you. Yeah, absolutely. Did, have you seen the movie The Revenant? Yeah. So that struck me as a movie that would be fantastic in VR because there was so much going on and that director uses his one shot really well yeah. that would be a movie that if you could could have be there when the bear jumps on yeah. poor old Leo that would be yeah. amazing so I think I genuinely believe that VR is not a fad it, it just gives you a really new way to immerse emotionally in a story and as long as 
since the cave we could draw in caves we're telling stories that yeah. connect to people and all these the same way as chalk on a cave wall VR it's just technology but ultimately humans want to be connected to with their stories because years ago they bought it a few years ago three three packs for TV and I thought that was a fact and it never took off really but I think that VR and AR can take off because they immerse you fully in it and it yeah, I think 3D was a bit of a gimmick. It, yeah. it, you had people poking spaceships and spears at you, but I don't think it really changed how we told the story. Um, have you seen Apple Music's VR video with U2? No. Uh, directed by Chris Milk, the famous VR director. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a song for someone. on. You can, you can get it on Oculus or yeah. VR. But it's, it's a really good VR music video. But here's the important bit. When I watched that, it, it found me new parts of that song I didn't understand. Yeah. And it gave me a new connection to that song. And I thought, that's what it's about. So they're finding new emotions, new stories. And I think this technology does that. I think it'll evolve. We'll have AR, we'll have glasses. I don't think we're all going to be sitting around with headsets on. I think there's an element to that. But I think it just is about spending time with your stories and connecting. And I think that's probably what Mark Zuckerberg saw in Oculus. And that's probably what Google saw in Magic Leap. I think basically if you can tell a good story because I always look at it and I think what's the story if you, if you can't tell a good story then forget about it no because it won't, won't hold us it won't yeah. hold our attention it's generic like if you look at like an average Hollywood movie all it is is an hour and a half of, of minus violence and crap and it's like well, <laughs> like like Steve Chagall movie you're thinking okay what are you going to get out of it you're going to walk away going okay he kicks some guy's ass and that's it that's killed but you don't get a, don't get a, a story yeah it's Great stories are the ones that last and yeah. the ones that connect. I mean, Star Wars, you always have to get to Star Wars, but Star Wars just tells a, a great story and it's a, it's a, it's a story of the ages and, and it, kids find it and they love it for life. And here's the thing, when you find a great story, it means something to you. Yeah, well, it means something to your life and, and it connects to your life. And little kids, it's eight-year-old and they see Star Wars, it stays with them for life. Well, to me, Star Wars is basically an old telling of an old story from Japan Absolutely. Uh, when they were doing the, the story, like the Samurai, that kind of story. It's an opera, it's an in space. I would even go back and say it's nearly biblical. Yeah. It goes back to Bible stories. It's good versus evil. It's got heroes, it's got goblins, it's got villains. And it's got religion. It's nearly, well. it's nearly biblical. It's got religion, it's yeah. got belief. It's nearly biblical. But the, I think, the, was it a Greek said? There is only seven stories. Yeah. And we just regenerate them all the time. You know? Netflix about the Godfather. Yeah, that can be when you see that. That's a story around it because you see there's always fixed that movie and you think, wow, it's filmed so well, great script. Psychologists will tell you humans are one of the few species that need stories, and they need stories to explain the world to them and explain their place in the world yeah. and, to, and to learn why they fit in. And that's why we didn't invent stories by chance. We need them. Yeah, I, I think in Ireland, like it's a movie years ago, Final Fantasy One, who was done by uh, a book by Brad Bradbury. When they made that book, they made the movie. The movie I thought was a brilliant adaptation of the book. And we done so well, and all the people were telling stories, and because the books were more or less banned, they were telling them verbally, and then uh, this is one day, this, you're going to go up a twist, and you're going to be counting cities. So you had this, that one person was that book, and he would go and tell, sorry, when he was, when he was old, he'd tell it to his grandson, you're going to be this book now. And I thought, that kind of was fantastic, because that was, that was a great way of telling stories, and it was a fantastic way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean, look, look at, most kids love being read or told stories going to bed. Yeah. They, they, they love it because it expands their imagination. They learn, they think. And the engagement of a parent telling a story 
to a child yeah. is a wonderful engagement and it's something that we try and encourage and that gets back to the core of why we should support our story makers and filmmakers and like content makers in Ireland. Right. That can so we have the grandfather telling telling his grandson the story. Absolutely. And, and we look back at that. That movie still stands up because it, everyone knows we're going to have a scenario that the, the grandfather and father telling the son or daughter a story. Yeah. And that's sort of, and also it's very funny and very broadcast and doesn't actually age at all that much we put we put a post on Twitter yesterday just of a picture of uh, Dublin Castle City Hall yeah and it just said the venue for this year's event created in 1779 a historic location in the heart of a city that's built on storytelling and I believe Dublin is built on storytelling yeah I think it is because if you look at over the years I think we had like satire was fed here if you look at John Swift first modern satire was basically all Gulliver's uh, Gulliver's Turtles and you got all other guys and most uh, modern playwrights look back to the Irish playwrights yeah and if you look at like farces the modern farce was probably done by someone like Oscar Wilde absolutely and you look at um, you walk around Dublin and there's, there's Jonathan Swift there's James Joyce there's yeah. Samuel Beckett there's Brendan Bean it goes on and on we're at the modern day Colm Tobin Emma Donoghue yeah. we have great writers and I think what I would like to see is that we support those writers into modern visual terms so we keep adapting in television we build a great content for digital we're not really playing above our weight in digital either yeah. there's not huge amounts of success coming in, in the YouTube Facebook world there's small pockets of success but I think we could do a lot more you know I've seen like years ago when Jamie Joyce founded the Ireland's Square Cinema yes and for writer to do that that shows he, he saw that uh, the medium coming along and I would great to see one like the same thing medium is going to be like in internet or streaming shows rather than have an RT have on Netflix or something else and that could be the future they could be, be like James Joyce was years ago and see this is what's going to happen next. 100%, I totally yeah. agree with you. What was it called, The Vault? Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. And I just love that. He can see that. And he's an old school white Surely somebody here will look at that. Thing. Well, what's going to be the technology we can find this time? We need to find a new Vault or whatever it is and, and be there. Yeah. And we need young James Joyce's to, to open them up. Yeah. Right, thanks for that, Stephen. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thank